This is KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City's community radio station. You can find us online at kkfi.org. When I was gang affiliated, it wasn't because I was terrorizing neighborhoods or anything. It was just that we was really protecting ourselves as children and teenagers against adults that was coming in our neighborhoods and preying on us. Hi, this is Michael, and this is Reviving KC, episode three. Today's guest is Nicole Davis. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Nicole Davis, and I'm a pioneer of Kansas City, Missouri. I left about four years ago. I have been active in the community for about 15 plus years. And what types of things have you been doing when you say you've been active in the community? I have been involved in my neighborhood associations. I have been attentive to a lot of meetings. I have been trying to citizen report and investigate. I have been a voice in the Kansas City School District. I have worked with people out of St. Louis when they was trying to tear up our school district and St. Louis School District. So I have been around. What do you mean uh, tear up the school districts? What was that about? Um, St. Louis was having the same issue that we was having, uh, the redistricting and uh, taking away schools from the neighborhood and forcing people to go to other schools outside of their neighborhoods. There's a lot of closed schools and abandoned homes in Kansas City neighborhoods, and that's really why this show has come about. Did you see it when people started leaving the neighborhoods? Yes. What was that like? I mean, when did that happen? I think it started happening about 2006, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, people kind of took flight. I mean, start graduating college, and they just didn't have no interest in our own in their own neighborhoods. They was just trying to really move as far as away if they could away from anything that identified with us within our neighborhood. It, and I mean, urban core. When I say us, the urban core. And why do you think they they wanted to leave? I think because it wasn't any, it's it's not a lot for people of middle class. It's not a a lot of middle class within the urban core. Uh I think that status has changed uh, economically. I think it has changed. It's It's no medium anymore. It's either poor or rich. So I think the middle class felt like that they had to go somewhere to identify with themselves. Oh, I see. So how, what kind of impact did that did you see that have on the neighborhoods then? It took away a lot of things from our neighborhood as far as the enrollment in our schools, as far as actual dollars being spent within our community, as far as grocery stores or even shopping at various locations. It took away a lot of economics. Do you think that that type of thing can be changed or do you think it's still happening? It can be changed with the proper education in my eye. However, if people of my age bracket and younger see no change as far as politicians go, and I don't want to be uh, in, uh, politically incorrect right here, but I mean, if you really see that politicians is kind of really territorial as far as distributing actual dollars within the actual community, I think people see there's no change. You are saying that you think that it can change? What I think you- that it really can change. I think that if you begin, uh, even the, the event I went to just previously with the opening up of the neighborhoods, uh, the thing on 47th and Truce, 
I think that was a great initiative coming forward. The Center for Neighborhoods? Yes, the Center for Neighborhoods. I think that was a... So the Center for Neighborhoods is a UMKC program. It's part of the Urban Studies Department, and the executive director is Jacob Wagner. And we actually had him on the show not too long ago. Why do you think that's going to be beneficial? I think it's going to be beneficial if people strategically go into the neighborhoods and see what really can be done with with the land that's there. Mm-hmm. And they really put a plan there that's really showing the neighborhoods that we care and that, you know, we care that you have something to do or you have somewhere to go. Because, I mean, people is bored. They're uneducated. It's kind of like if you keep closing down schools, then you really setting kids up for failure, in my opinion. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be so active in Kansas City issues and issues about your neighborhood i guess I, I a lot of people get on me for saying this kind of leisurely but i used to be gang affiliated when i was gang affiliated it wasn't because i was terrorizing neighborhoods or anything it was just that we was really protecting ourselves as children and teenagers against adults that was coming in our neighborhoods and preying on us mm-hmm. and so as i got older i moved into a great neighborhood in vineyard and a couple of my older neighbors kind of seen how engaged I was with my children. And so they invited me to come to a couple of neighborhood meetings and I enjoyed them and I stayed. Can I go back a little? When you say you older people would come into the neighborhoods to prey on you, what was that all about? As far as trying to get young kids to sell drugs, uh, prostitution. I mean, they was just preying on teenagers that was home alone sometimes. Like, my mom worked for the federal government, so, I mean, she was not home a lot. So it was a lot of uh, older adults that came into our neighborhoods and kind of seen us kind of hanging out a little bit and tried to invite us into dangerous situations. Is that still the way it happens? And you kind of still see that's going on in our neighborhoods where older adults prey on our children. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I really feel so passionate about seeing change in my neighborhood because if you really hit problems dead on with having children to go, then you kind of don't have adults that's able to prey on them. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways to... I really think... Education is one. I, that's really what saved my life is that teachers seeing me reading and writing. I wasn't really a really speaker at the time, and they really engaged me in reading and writing. And so I just I, I started enjoying that. I really took that initiative, and it was just unbelievable what I started reading. And so when I fell in love with books, I just uh, started engaging myself in what I've seen in my environment. And I think that the change is that taking some of these abandoned buildings and really making them into something that people can be proud of. Mm -hmm. You have too many, we have too many abandoned buildings that is just sitting there that you can really utilize. I mean, vocational skills, schools, ballet, uh, even music. The And when I say music, I don't mean just the next best rap star. I mean just the fundamentals of music, uh, what's behind a keyboard, what's behind even what we're doing here today. Somebody uh, being able to be a voice in their neighborhood, you know, taking a radio station and letting kids be heard. You must believe in the kids in the, the community. 
I, I can't stress enough. I'm very passionate about my kids because I was a troubled youth myself. Mm-hmm. And it was really educators that really loved their jobs and really seen something to me that I really didn't see in myself and gave me a book and helped me get into college. You know, that that was, that said to me that you love me as an educator. So I, I feel like I owe it to the educators that saved my life to be a rebellious, per se, type of unorthodox person that really go out and try to save the youth of my community. Can you give any kind of examples of how you've seen some of your work to be a positive influence on either individuals or organizations? When I first started college, a lot of young women that didn't have their GED said, Nicole, you know what, because of you, I took the initiative and went and got my GED. You know, because people, a lot of people really knew me in my neighborhood and they knew how kind of aggressive I was. And so when they start seeing me change within myself and start developing as an adult, it really, a lot of women that I didn't even know looked up to me that was older than me and said, you know what, when you get a business, please employ me, you know, and... I'm still like, you know, when I get that chance, I will try to reach out to my neighborhood and employ as many people as I can because, I mean, people just looking for a way to really be somebody. I have, I'm 40 years old, and it's other women that's my age and men that's my age or older that really want a sense of community again because they really concerned about their children. And it's cheaper to live within the urban core, however you kind of is living for a cost per se because i mean we don't have the privileges that a lot of other communities have we don't we have a lot of greenery here but our kids do not have a solid football field or a solid football game that they can go to on a regular basis softball baseball is not regular things that our kids can engage in on a regular basis and it's just sad that nobody's really taking the initiative and saying you know what what can we really do with this greenery well, you have heard about the MLB program for youth that's starting up on 18th and Vine. Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah. So is that something you think you'll be able to direct some kids to? I, once again, any opportunity I have, I always try to educate my youth in an unorthodox way. I mean, it, it literally living close off a of prospect, the little guys there are starting to say, Hey, lady in the house, they're telling me to pull my pants up all the time. I mean, because that's what I, on a regular basis, you know. Hey, how are you doing, young man? Come and engage in a conversation with me for a second. You know, what are you doing today? How are you doing today? Because I do have a 14-year-old son. Uh, how do your children respond to you and what you're doing? My children be proud of me most of the time. They just, and I say my children, just not even just my blood children. I say kids who parents are not here anymore due to gun violence, they come by my house and look up to me as a mom or an auntie. You know, they're, they might be afraid to go out to the community and go to meetings, and they say, Nicole, what have you learned today? You know, they're, they're questioning what's going on with politics because some people is not really educated on how how great their voice matter and when it comes to decision-making. And I've been trying to educate people on Title I funds that's in our schools, that if we vote and have a voice in that, then money will start being allocated in a different way. However, when you do not be a part of the process, then money is going to constantly get passed over us and move somewhere else. So I try my best to educate. I try to go to meetings not for just for myself, but for other people in my neighborhood who feel like, 
they don't fit in or that's not for them. So, Do you find yourself organizing people in the neighborhood to go with you or to, to, to work on this stuff together? I have in the past. Like I said, I haven't been back in the city for not even six months yet. Oh, okay. Right now, I'm just kind of observing and just trying to see who's who, who's the key players of really making the change, who's really, uh, I call it shucking and jiving, who's really just saying something just to get people to vote for them or just to get the project off the ground. And I really... I look forward to see what UMKC is going to do. I mean, I have been seeing engineers and architects out in different neighborhoods, and I've been seeing what they, they've been making assessments of what they can do with the space. That's that, that's really good to hear and see because, I mean, it's just too much space that we have that's just going to waste that we can really save kids. I mean, if you really want to stop gun violence and stop violence in our neighborhoods, then kids going to really have to see a aggressive act of change. We can't just sit behind uh, doors and churches and things and say, uh, let's pray about it or let's talk about it. No, kids want to see action. They're a hands-on generation. We have to be hands-on with this generation. Okay, well, I think that that's really some great advice to other people who are trying to see things happen as well. You say kids want to see action. I know one thing that I was thinking about was, do you think the kids would be interested in helping to renovate some of these houses? Do you think that would help them get a get more pride for their neighborhood and, and understanding for how to maintain and how to keep something that is a great point that you raised because actually that's some of the concerns that I have. I, I just really feel like with all those homes and you're willing to, no disrespect to my politicians here, but if you're willing to take $10 million for demolition, then why not make an initiative and take a project for our youth to learn about being good neighbors and how to take care of a home and, you know, possibly going to home ownership. I mean, I have seen people with vocational skills owning homes in five years because they was able to get a great job and start going to home ownership. If this is a poverty struck in area, it's kind of unreal to ask kids to do things for free. That's just a fact. But if you offer a stipend or something for kids to come out and engage in things, you'll have a better response. But when people start talking about clean up and stuff, they, yeah, kids is looking like, okay, yeah, we should clean up, but I need a job. I think people need to really strategically come up with, and I use that word strategically because it's really, we need to strategize and really put something into effect that can really have an impact on our youth. And asking them to do things for free is just not a way to do it because, I mean, they out here fighting over tennis shoes and things of that nature and going and stealing things that they can't afford. But if you teach them the basics about saving, about worth ethnics, then you'll have a whole different generation of people. I think you raise a good point. There's a lot to paying people and showing them that their time is a value. It's not just taking advantage of you because otherwise they might not appreciate the fact that even though they might call it taking advantage, you're, you're teaching them a skill and something that they can learn. How has that affected your neighborhood when you have abandoned houses or or maybe if not your neighborhood, have you seen the impact that it, it has or could have on somebody else's neighborhood? Uh, abandoned houses spell trouble in any neighborhood that you live in. 
because it's it's room for people to uh, do illegal things in. It's room for kids to go hang out in when they can't go hang out at their parents' house. So abandoned buildings and, and houses to me is trouble. I don't care what city that you're in, what state that you're in, it's always a crime scene for somebody. I don't care what age you are. You know, it's just a crime scene to me. I know you said you just got back maybe six months ago. When you got back um, and you you saw Kansas City had so many homes that people could afford, you know, if they were able to and could, you know, fix them up. How did that compare to where you were? Where were you staying before? In Maryland. And I said people in Maryland would have they this would be a field day for them because, I mean, the 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 payments of housing there is between twelve to sixteen hundred in a decent neighborhood. Right where I'm living at is between five and eight hundred dollars. That that's a huge difference to where So you're talking about buying a house? Buy, buying a house. Uh-huh. I mean just you're getting land and a house for a fraction of a price that it is in Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you find a house that have a great backyard or a great front yard, you're not basically not having much of a house. And vice versa. If you find a house that have no to little yard, you have a huge house. So I, it, Kansas City is a great place for people to start fresh. To I love Casey. This is my hometown. I just say it's just it's work to be done here. I mean, we have a lot of willing people that's willing to help and pitch in to help here, but we don't have solid and concrete ideas that people is really going off of and trying to do and try to see done. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Okay. But if you were in Maryland, you think that people would be able to come in, buy the houses, renovate them? Is the economy there different? I mean, are people able to afford houses? Or is it just a different frame of mind? It's expectations, and it's a different frame of mind. That's Mm -hmm. the key word. Maryland, to me, they all about, I mean, working. Like, I mean, it's even the welfare system in order for you to get a check or anything you have to be working 20 hours a week you can't it's nothing that's just handed to you it's a lot of resources however it's a lot of expectations and i appreciate that Mm -hmm. because i mean ever since i was 15 16 i always worked Mm -hmm. shoney's when shoney's was on independence avenue i worked there so i mean i always was a working person stood in lines for labor readies like However, being a single mom, it's just hard for you to really commit to a great job when you still have little people at home. I was glad to hear you talk about um, the different attitudes between Maryland and Kansas City. As far- do you know any people here who would be interested? or do you, I have do reached you- out to a couple of organizations that I really don't wouldn't want to say on the air, per mm-hmm. se. But I have been reaching out to people personally and uh, petitioning, really asking them, you know, you have the money. Why not buy up some houses and start a program? I mean, it's a program right there on 40th and Truth that I went through when I was 18 years old that was living in a new community. I mean, if you kind of modeled that organization. What was it called again? Living in a new community. Living in a new community? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's right there on 40th and Truth. I went through there when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. A great program. It taught me about budgeting. It taught me about uh, utilizing resources in my neighborhood. I mean, it was just a great program. And if you can get a model program that's just like that and get somebody that have the dollars that be able to afford those houses and rehab, 
then you'll have a great you can you can house two or three programs easily right there in the houses in the houses that's abandoned okay. I mean easily and a lot of these organizations say this is the kind of thing they want to do let that organization buy the, the home buy and the get home, it renovated man. and then uh, provide a program for people in the area to show them how to like you said, how to manage your money, how to do other things, mm -hmm. you know, give them some skills. How many people were in the program when you were in it? Mm, maybe 40. Oh, okay. I mean, it was, it was, it was a great program. Uh -huh. I mean, and I was 18 years old. I'm 40 years old now. Mm. So, you know, I, I just think that. But you don't you, see those kind of programs now. You don't now. see those kind of programs. No, not okay. right now. Like I, I, I went by link. Uh, maybe a couple years back and they have done phenomenal things up there like they have a whole playground up there now they have was able to rehab some of the apartments over there I mean it just was furnished apartments you had whatever income you had you had to pay uh, your rent you know utilities was cool in there but there was expectations it wasn't just uh, a fraction of your rent being paid you had to account for the rest of your money you had to put it in the savings you had to like budget your money seriously budget it mm -hmm. i mean and it, it made me a greater person today do you think today's youth would listen to that kind of uh, um advice I, in my heart and and what i have really been studying and talking to youth from here to maryland youth is always looking for directions they always looking for a better way of doing something. And if they see that their way is not has not been getting them good results, then if you have an idea, I'm willing to take that result. I'm willing to take the idea and make a better result. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact. Like if you take a kid and start taking a kid to a job site, a, a kid going to embrace that job site and start working and feel proud of their work ethics. If you if it's a project that you invite a child on and they start seeing somebody build something, they start feeling great about that mm -hmm. because they feel like they accomplished something. Anybody that feel like they accomplished something is a greater person to me. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm really glad for you to bring up to help people see some of the insights that, you know, from your point of view, from somebody who's who's been here, left, come back, you know, when you left. Why did you leave? Um, I, I left due to domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I just felt like it was not, Missouri was not really trying to help me as a person in the position to be able to have my own home. That a lot of people wanted you to go to kind of an institution. And a person that has always stayed away from institution, I'm not an institutionalized person. I'm an unorthodox out of the think out of the box type of person. So I embrace, I like to embrace resources, but I like to embrace, be able to embrace those resources from my own home. I don't feel like Link at 18 years old, that was enough for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it really showed me how to keep my roof over my head, how to keep food in my kids' mouth, how to budget my money. So I didn't, I don't feel like I have to keep going through the same lesson and getting no different result. Mm -hmm. So how has this impacted you and your children? How are things now? Um, you know what? Every day my kids is really like, Mom, can we go back to Maryland? And that's just sad, you know, because even though as an adult I'm 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 observing and seeing the change, my kids is really saying, you know, 
I look at my door and there's nothing for them to do. Or buses is not running to places where they can really engage and enjoy the community. You know, like we have buses that go up and down Trues, up and down Prospect, up and downtown. But you have nothing that's taking kids to Tiffany Springs that have things to do or even Shawnee Mission, Kansas on the weekend. And so my kids is kind of like, you know, mom, when are we leaving? And I'm just really trying to give Kansas City a chance because this is my hometown, you know. And they can be real, you know, they, their perspective can really influence you because if you're hearing it all the time and right. they're not changing it, it's like, oh, come on. And and at the end of the day, I love my children. And uh, I, I would rather see my children succeeding and happy in an environment that's really embracing who they are versus me trying to uh, pay homage or something to a community that's not even respectful of the pioneers that went on before us that really make a difference in our neighborhoods. Mm. So you you say you're checking it out, see who's chucking and jiving, <laughs> <laughs> see who's who's really doing something. What do you, what's a message that you have for our leaders and our communities to help them to get maybe more insight into somebody like yourself who uh, whose opinion I'm sure they would value? I just say, you know, if you're in a leadership role, you utilize that to the best of your advantage as far as embracing uh, different neighborhoods or even different um schools colleges that's willing like i said i can't i can't reference enough what umkc is doing as far as the neighborhood allowances is going you know uh just start embracing things outside of police influence because that's what make our kids shut down is that yeah we know we need police or whatever however in a, a society that's being terrorized by so many different things that they have seen in the media, the whole Ferguson thing. I think kids, it's kind of like, whoa, when they start saying police influence, they're kind of like, whoa, what is this person doing in my neighborhood? You know, so I think when police take off of the uniforms and come into the neighborhoods and be in a relaxed atmosphere, I think kids identify with that better than being in a, a kind of, uh, police role because that's sending the wrong message. Kids are saying you're kind of here to oversee me or enforce something. You're not really here to engage me or talk to me. So you're saying taking off the uniform helps a lot? Uh, taking off the uniform helps a lot. I mean, you know, kids really embrace. If you kind of in a relaxed atmosphere and not in an authority, and excuse me because I always say that in, the, in a playing way, an authority uh -huh. kind of uh -huh. figure, you know, kids is kind of like, you know, I can identify with you. I mean, I have a seven-year-old that can't wait to grow up because he want to be a whole FBI agent. But that's because in Maryland it's a lot of um, government and things that they see, you know, on a with people with uniform and don't have uniform on that they at the local pizzeria, you know, people sitting down looking at sports all together. You know, my son's engaged in that. When you have people that's in law enforcement that's relaxed, you have kids that's kind of can identify with those people. But if it's always an authority figure when they come, that's kind of steering the kids in the wrong way. Mm. 
And when media is not so nice to our police force anywhere in the world, it's you know it's just not a it's it's just sending the wrong signal to a kid in my perspective. I think it makes sense because it is a more relaxed environment and and people can kind of relax, you know. So I think that's a very good point that you make. And I don't mean to be rude, but this is just a thing that one time uh, a police officer used to come in our neighborhood. And he's always give out the the whole baseball cards. And I said, sir, no disrespect. However, it would be nice if you had some snacks in there because if kids is out here in the summertime, parents is at work, kids is hungry, and then you pulling up with a whole baseball court, kids is looking at you like, sir, I can't even afford to go to a baseball game sometime. But if you come up with a snack, kids is kind of like, okay, hey, that's officer friendly now. You know, somebody that's really – bringing something to my neighborhood that I can really use. I mean, it's not a lot of baseball collectors in our neighborhood that's really know what to do with a baseball court. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I do, but I mean, how many people, how many kids that really know what a baseball court is worth or what the meaning of a baseball court is? Mm -hmm. So if you come up in my neighborhood and you have a a snack or something for me, I'm going to kind of like you a little bit better, you know? What do you think if athletes came into the neighborhoods to help out do you think that would attract youth? Like, say it was a program like you were talking about where they learn about finances or they learn about uh, how to manage a checking account or how to uh, how to have a skill in, in re- renovating the house. If athletes came and they were doing that next to the kids, do you think the kids would be attracted to that kind of situation? I think, you know, our kids is very media-based children in this day and age. Everything they see on TV is geared around athletes, music. So if you can get any representative within those arenas to come into our neighborhoods, you're going to get kids engaged. However, just you have to be realistic, in my opinion, to kids and tell kids, everybody's not going to be a superstar. Everybody's not going to be an athlete. However, it's fundamentals to sports medicine. It's things to physical therapy that's around sports that you can engage kids in. So the kids, you know, they can look at, compare the figures of an athlete compared to a, a a physical therapist or a sports medicine and see that they still make just as good money as an athlete do, you know. I think we have to, even music industry of an engineer of music, you know, just taking different things and breaking it down into components instead of making our kids think that they can be the next rap star or the next uh, Bo Jackson, you know. Tell them it's it's different things that you can do to really be successful. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up, but I really do appreciate you coming. I know you had a lot of stuff going on today, and I just appreciate you taking time out of all of that stuff. You know, this was just, a, to and it. I thank you, uh, this was just an opportunity for me to be in a different arena and to really say, you know what, we have to start doing things in the unorthodox way sometimes because tradition has not gotten us too far. I mean, with respect to tradition, I, I, I respect my elders, but some things you have to do in a non-traditional and unorthodox way if you really want to see a change in your neighborhood with your youth. One thing, one last thing before we go, since you're talking about, you know, untraditional ways, what do you think about what's the impact or what's the importance or significance of like the smart city stuff that's going on in Kansas City to you and your neighborhood? It's not it's not really it's not affecting my neighborhood. And it's sad because once again, uh, the light rail and things of that nature, it's a good 
um, look. However, who in my neighborhood is going to really enjoy that on a regular basis? I mean, and then, you know, with so many people that need a job, I, in my opinion, I just felt like that we could have got more people on the bus as far as bus drivers. We could have got more hours for buses to go in other places where people can get jobs at. I mean, we got the whole four plant and things like that where buses normally don't go. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's interesting. What about um, internet in the homes? Is that something that um, people have in the neighborhoods that you know about? That is a great thing because a lot of uh, people have phones that even with the internet, you can still use your phone. And a lot of our kids is uh, kind of computer savvy right now. And so I, I can't appreciate the whole fiber, Google fiber and things in my neighborhood. Because, I mean, it's a it's a way for people, all people to be engaged with the media. Mm -hmm. So if there were some like programs maybe based around the Internet or, you know, maybe even programming, showing kids how to do that. Do you think that's something that folks would be interested in? I think people will be interested. in. I just I just hope that we don't get so computerized that we don't teach our kids how to really read because. I think to me, offer more, uh, if kids is more computer savvy, then offer more unorthodox way of getting GEDs or high school diplomas with the whole computer system. Mm -hmm. If you, I mean, you're tearing down schools in our neighborhood, so think of another way to educate our kids. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I think that's a good note to end it on. Thank you so much, <laughs> thank you for Nicole, me. for coming. And, um, and that's it here on Radioactive Magazine. This is Radioactive Magazine. Thanks for listening on KKFI 90.1 FM.